There were okay. people that were, you know, later in their period journey who were like, thank you, like I've been waiting for something like this. There were people who are like, maybe I won't use this, but I want my child to, like I wanna have this as an option for them. Like it's really about preference and anatomy and comfortability. Welcome back to another empowering episode of Vent Power Health. This is Georgie, your host. Today, we have an exciting guest joining us, Drew Jarvis, the co-founder of Sunny Period. Drew will be sharing all about their innovative new product in the menstrual cup industry and their recent launch. Get ready to learn about the journey of creating this game-changing period care solution and how it aims to revolutionize women's health care. So grab your headphones and let's dive into this enlightening conversation on the FemPower Health Podcast. And we'd greatly appreciate you rating and writing a review on FemPower Health. The feedback is incredibly helpful and the reviews certainly help the podcast reach even more women. Now let's get into the episode. Drew, welcome to the FemPower Health Podcast. It's so nice to have you here today. And we met in June at a conference around femtech consumer innovation. And I, I remember actually how I met you and wanted to talk to you is I was sitting in the room where there were all these different breakout sessions and you could pick what you wanted to talk about. And you were at the table talking about social media. And I overheard you sharing some stuff and just the way you were talking, I'm like, I have to go meet her. And then we just started chatting and hit it off. And when I learned about what you're doing and why, um, I wanted you to come on the podcast to share it because I just think what you and Cindy are doing is so brilliant um, and just really exciting. And I just loved your energy. And I think you have a lot of important things to say. And so why don't you just start by introducing yourself and uh, we'll take it from there. First of all, thank you for having me on, and I'm so glad we met at that conference. I feel like that was such an empowering time for everyone there. Um, so yeah, that was a, a really, really cool week. But yeah, so I'm Drew, I use she, her pronouns, and I am the co-founder and chief marketing officer of Sunny. Sunny is a self-care brand that creates earth-friendly products, inclusive education, and global impact particularly the Sunny Cup and Applicator, which is a reusable menstrual cup that inserts like a tampon with a tampon style applicator. How did you get into this work? Like what, what started it? Yeah, so when I was uh, a senior in high school, actually in 2018, I had entered into a business idea pitch competition. Um, after using a menstrual cup myself, like a traditional like diva cup, and having quite a few issues with the insertion process and just kind of like the cup in general, but loving the benefits, I decided to come up with an idea for a menstrual cup that inserts like a tampon. It looks very different than it does today, but the idea was there. And I ended up entering into this pitch competition, winning it as a senior in high school and um, taking the grand prize of $25,000 to college. Um, I started business school and then I reached out to a product engineering firm called Glassboard based out of Indianapolis to actually help begin the prototyping and product development phase because I knew I wanted to take this beyond just the initial pitch. Wow, that is awesome. And you, I saw you demonstrating it. So why don't we talk about the, the menstrual cup and just some of the quick um, tips around it. And because of your amazing social media presence and engagement with 
consumers, I thought it would be really fun to also understand some of the things that you're hearing straight from them as well, because people can Google things all that they want, but when you're talking directly mm-hmm. to folks. And, and what I think this is, I want this to be about is not just, let's talk menstrual cup, but it's really mm-hmm. this bigger picture of women's yeah, health, definitely. because I know that when you and I met, um, I shared with you all these different things that I've been seeing in my four years of doing the podcast and the research that I've done with the history of why we are where we are with women's health, like the lack of research, mm-hmm. the lack of funding, the gaslighting. I would bet there's a lot of interesting insights that you have um, based on the the audience um, that you have. And also what I'd be curious about is if there's a, an age difference and the perception of women's health based on on the age. I think where I want to start, I want to back up and I want to actually kind of get into that story a little bit more of like how and why I got my start. Yes, please. Because it was kind of what fueled me. Once I started digging more into menstrual cups in general, of course, that's like step one of starting a business is research your industry. I learned that menstrual cups were first invented in the 1930s. Um, Most people did not know they existed until a few years ago, except for maybe a few you know, very early adopters, maybe in the last 10 to 20 years or what, I, or what have you. I found that as I dug even deeper, that period care products in general hadn't had much innovation since then. So 1930s to now fast forward almost 100 years later, um, not much had changed. And now, of course, we're seeing a ton of innovation in this space, a lot of younger startups kind of popping up, um, Sunny being one of them. But it really invigorated me to be a part of the like women in menstruators healthcare world. Um, and as we went about doing additional research, like primary beta testing, surveying, what have you, um, we learned a lot of very interesting information. So Cindy, my co-founder, she actually led a team to India to research 200 menstruators' first-time menstrual cup use. Ooh. And that was just very interesting data. So she did this before we met. Um, she learned that the number one barrier to trying a menstrual cup is the insertion process. She learned that people are in fact very interested in the benefits, the benefits being the convenience. You can wear it for up to 12 hours at a time. They often hold up to five times more period blood than a tampon, meaning you can wear them a lot longer. Um, they're made out of this soft, flexible medical grade silicone material that really forms and moves with your body. So they're usually a lot more comfortable than, than pads, for example, that feel quite bulky. Um, but they're also much better for the environment. So the average person will use nearly 14,000 disposable products in their lifetime. And the amount that you can save by reusing a menstrual cup for up to a year or more is just incredible. Wow. And then, you can, of course, you can imagine the cost savings from that. So the average person is spending thousands and thousands of dollars over their lifetime on disposable products, repurchasing boxes every month. Um, but switching to a reusable alternative has been awesome. But like I mentioned, there's been a low adoption rate. And from Cindy's research and from our additional beta testing and, and surveying, we found that the insertion and intimidation of insertion was the number one barrier to trying a menstrual cup, despite other benefits. Wow. Um, first of all, I have to ask, so Cindy had been doing this research before you guys met? Yeah. So our story of meeting is quite interesting. I had been doing my thing in Indiana in high school and then in college And one day I get a call from this glass board, the product engineering firm I mentioned, and they were like, you're never going to believe this, but another young woman is trying to make a menstrual cup, Uh, but it's a conflict of interest, so we can't work with her. And 
I was like, what? And they were like, but we have to connect you, of course. And I was like, yes, of course. And so I ended up FaceTiming Cindy. This was like right before lockdown COVID times. This was like February of 2020. So like a month before lockdown. Okay. So we like FaceTimed and we talked and we were like, oh my gosh, we're trying to do like the exact same thing. She was trying to make an easier to use menstrual cup. Um, slightly different than like the tampon style insertion process. Um, but she had all this incredible research. She went to India, like I mentioned, um, and got like first like primary research on people using the cup for the first time. Um, she did a TEDx talk about her findings, like all this really cool stuff. And she was really focused on the education side of things um, and focused on learning about period poverty, which I had just started to become familiar with at the time. And we decided we had to work together. So um, the two of us set out to continue learning about our customers and who's interested in a product like this, who's not interested. Um, what do people need? How do we become that kind of first new innovation in the space in 100 years? Um, and, and yeah, we kind of went from there. But it, it took five years of product development and prototyping to really get it right. And it's been it's been fun. Like, I mean, I know on your podcast, you've talked a lot about the disparities in women's health and the challenges and being a first time founder in, in the medical device field for, you know, female health has been interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I hear, I mean, you saw I've been on the panel when we mm -hmm. were at that conference together that, uh, you know, a lot of founders are having to educate people so much that they don't even really get to their pitch because it's so much about the education. And I've heard it with the FDA, which I know you're working with, um, and even venture capitalists. Like it's it's just absolutely crazy. But when I met you guys and because I've used the menstrual cup a few times, right? And now I've hit menopause. So no period products for me except when I get a random bleed here and there. So I, I can't I can't practice anymore. I would love to test your product <laughs> though. But um I remember when I was using the menstrual cup, one of the things was I never knew if I inserted it properly. And so when I heard what you guys built, I'm like, no, literally, that is the best, most exciting femtech product I have seen in a long time. So like totally spot on because I, I would have been one of your customers. <laughs> Thank you. And I know you had asked about like, who, like, who are the demographics? Like, yeah. Who are our customers? And during this five-year period or so of researching and trying to understand people's needs better, it was really across the board. Like, of course, there are certain things, especially in our branding, that skew slightly younger. Think like Gen Z millennials who are primarily interested in the sustainability pieces or maybe even the cost savings of a product like this. Um, but what surprised us when we launched pre-orders last year was that it was really all over the map. There were okay. people that were, you know, later in their period journey who were like, Thank you. Like, I've been waiting for something like this, just as you said. There were people who are like, maybe I won't use this, but I want my child to. Like, I want to have this as an option for them. Um, and then we even get, like, preteens and teenagers who are like, could I use this? Like, is this acceptable for a, a young menstruator? And we're like, totally up to you. Like, it's really about preference and anatomy and comfortability. Oh, my gosh. So because of what you're doing, and it's more than we built an applicator, what are you hearing, I mean, you've done the customer research as mm -hmm. well. So whether it was during the research period or now that you're growing so much in social media and have such a following because of one, you both are such amazing women, why not follow mm -hmm. you? But you're truly doing amazing things as Thank well. You. I guess, what are some surprises that you're hearing? Um, and does it differ across mm -hmm. the demographics? 
Yeah, so when we, when I first started when I was 18, so in 2018, it was really kind of a turning point in this space a little bit. Like, I just started to see some, some of these innovations pop up. I started to see people talk about periods more, learn about things like period poverty, be open to education, largely thanks to social media. And the difference between then and now, which come to find out and in hindsight is actually a benefit, um, despite all the time that it's taken, is that people are much more familiar with what a menstrual cup even is than they were in 2018, five years ago. Um, Because in 2018, I was just thinking like, how am I going to explain what a menstrual cup is to people and then try to sell them on this idea of an applicator? Um, I thought it would be a very niche market, just as a lot of People unfortunately still do now, even though it's not a niche market as we know. Fast forward five years later to, to now, when we launched pre-orders, the the response online was just, oh my God, duh. Like that was what we oh, heard yeah. from everyone. And yeah. it was surprising because in 2018, like I said, I was expecting even more education than we're doing today um, to be necessary to be successful as a business. But now it's really like, hey, here's a menstrual cup. We all know what this is by this point, or at least most of us do. Now, here's an applicator for it. And it's truly like this menstrual cup plus tampon equals sunny cup and applicator. And it does kind of feel like this no-brainer, which in a lot of ways is a summary of women in female healthcare, I think. (laughs) All these things that are coming out that people are like, yeah, we've been needing this for forever and just thanks for finally making it happen. Exactly. And of course, it's gonna I mean, and just and can I just also say how amazing it is that you and Cindy found each other and that you realized you were doing the same thing. And rather than both saying, hey, you know, I want to win and say I built this amazing company, you said, we're going to work together. Like, I love that. I think it's a really unique thing I've seen in, in this space and like femtech um, and women's healthcare more than any other industry, granted I'm biased, this is the industry I know the best, but people willing to work together, I think we all have this collective struggle that we've all been dealing with. And truly, so many of the founders that I met were not necessarily business people first. Sometimes we are, sometimes we have experience, but a lot of times we're just like, oh my God, like I couldn't take it anymore. I needed this thing. So I figured out how to do it myself. And if that doesn't speak to like the the struggle, but also the tenacity of of women and people and you know with these anatomies it's like that's it yeah that's the confidence right there that we need completely agree so show us the product and for those who are listening um i'm gonna have a clip that people can look at to see the the awesome product but please show us how it works because it is so simple so for those that are listening i'll try to kind of talk through this as best as i can as well but basically We have a menstrual cup, which is a fairly standard looking menstrual cup um, alongside a reusable tampon style applicator. And so the unique thing about the Sunny Cup in and of itself is that it has these thin walled sections as well as these other thick walled sections that allow it to fold as thin as the tampon. So I do our Sunny Fold here. And then basically I take this super thin folded up menstrual cup, which folds thinner than most other menstrual cups available on the market. And I just put it into the barrel of the applicator and then I take our reusable pusher and this is when it gets inserted into the body and you just 
pop it out like a tampon, basically. And you mentioned like you never knew if your cup was in properly. The really cool thing about the applicator is not only is it helping you position it the same way like a tampon applicator would, um, it actually can help the, the cup pop open um, and it can help uh, form that seal, which is kind of the number one goal, right? Is that you don't have leakage from a period product. Of course, you always want to double check the seal by like pinching or twisting the base, but simply it's a put the cup in the applicator, put the applicator in and push it in like a tampon. <laughs> So I have to ask, when you were working with the company that was helping you develop this, was it men, men and women, women? Because I'm dying to know about that experience. <laughs> it was largely men, actually, which I was nervous about, especially because when I started working with them, I was 18. So the first pitch I did was mostly male judges. Um, talking about and working on the product development of this was mostly males. Um and it's a nerve-wracking thing. I think that's the reality for a lot of people in, in this space is like the, the higher up people that you're typically working with yep. are men. Um, and so you got to get really comfortable talking about these things, educating and explaining. But the really, really cool thing that I'm so grateful for to this day is the people that I was working with at Glassboard, they really let me lead everything. Like they were there to ask questions. They were there to execute on a lot of my ideas, but then they also had a lot of really, really good ideas themselves. In fact, the applicator in and of itself was um, largely ideated by one of the people at Glassboard um, who his name's Ben. He's one of my good friends to this day. And one of the first people who really believed Aww. in what we were doing, um, Ben and Grant. And um, yeah, they're, they're kind of the reason this thing is, is real because like I mentioned, not all people in the space are business people first. Certainly not all people in the space are engineers first. Um, and at that point I was a high schooler, so I was none of those things. Um, and so they really, really listened to all the research I'd done. They listened to the needs that I, I really wanted to include in this product and they executed on it. And I was the point uh, ground zero tester of this for every iteration. So I've tested hundreds of prototypes, some of them horrible, <laughs> but really took one for the team, I like to say. Really took one for the team. Now, um, can any um, uh, menstrual cup go into the applicator or does it all come as one package? Like how, what's that dynamic? Yeah, so they're actually, they're made to work together and that's because they were tested that way, they were designed that way. Like I mentioned, most other menstrual cups do not fold thin enough to even fit okay. inside of our applicator. Um, so you need a very gigantic okay. applicator <laughs> for most menstrual cups. Um, but then we also have a couple other like secret sauce pieces that allow them to, okay. to work smoothly. Um, so yeah, they are sold together. Um, they are, I think, very reasonably priced for the fact that they're sold together. They're still comparable to other menstrual cups. And uh, we, it also comes with a really cute reusable carrying pouch, which... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now I want to just run through like a couple of questions around the menstrual cup. And, may, yeah, and first I will ask, um, do you find that people like now have the gist of the menstrual cup and it's more, it's a pain to insert and so therefore I may not use it as much? Or do you feel like there's still people who are like, menstrual cup what or it's annoying so I'm still not <laughs> sure thanks for the applicator but I still have things I'm struggling with to be able to use it like what are you seeing so it's all over the map there is of course the camp of people that are like I'm gonna stick to my tampons and pads thanks but no thanks bye 
Um, and we're like, we're so happy that you found the product. Yeah, works exactly. Like, that's all mm-hmm. we really want. So they can be on their merry way or they can come back if and when they're ready. Um, but most people who actually have periods are familiar with menstrual cups. And in our research, we actually found that about 73% of people that we surveyed know about and are interested in trying one. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Um, but that reusable period care segment of the whole period care industry is growing exponentially greater than the disposable segment. Um, so we know people are interested in, in switching for the plethora of benefits I've already mentioned. But for most people that we've seen on our social media, at least, it's kind of been a no-brainer. Um, for people who don't have periods, oftentimes they can be very confused. Uh, we get a lot of non-period havers and men on our social media who are like, you need to get off the internet. This is disgusting. Um, it's, so that's that's just part of it, though. Yep. That's part of the education. And, and you mentioned like when we're pitching, for example, to VCs um, or really to anyone, half the battle is educating. And we've gotten better about it. We've gotten better at, at explaining um, one of the one of the stats we throw out there is the number of people interested in trying a menstrual cup in the U.S. is the same number of people who own a truck in the Ugh. United States. So that really gets some people. They're like, okay, I, it's not a niche market. It's like almost twenty percent of the people. Um, so we have little tips and tricks. I love that to get the message out there. I think for if it's a if it's a founder who's listening, I think you're giving such great information about things they can consider, but. For, you know, others who are listening that may be a consumer or a parent of of someone who would be a consumer, I think it's important for you all to recognize the challenges that those of us who are trying to transform women's health are facing. Like it is, so if anyone's frustrated about why certain things aren't being done for women's health, like it is such a hard road to go down. Um, And so people are trying. (laughs) Um, okay, so a few questions on things I've seen as common questions around this, and I would love to get your take on this. Um, so one, while you have the amazing applicator, right, how does someone know that it's right? Like, has it been tried and true and tested and they know that it fits in? Like, is there, you know, risk of it, like, falling out? And what if you have a septate uterus? Like, all those types of things. So all the dynamics that may come along with yes. it. So answer that question. I love that question. So I always want to preface, and I think kind of an underlying mission of Sunny is just the goal that people find the right period product yep. for them. I think the Sunny Cup and Applicator is a really great option for a lot of people. We're very excited to launch and know that a lot of people will love it. Yes, we've done the beta testing. Yes, we've gotten all the positive results that have led us to the design we're actually going to ship to people. Um, but essentially the way it works, and I guess I'll, I'll back up even a little bit more for people who might be totally new to menstrual cups. I've already mentioned the benefits and whatever, but essentially it's a reusable, oftentimes made out of medical grade reusable silicone, um, collection device that collects your period blood and it forms a seal or suction. So that's kind of the goal when people, when maybe you've heard someone say, oh, I used a period cup, but it leaked or it didn't open properly or whatever. Basically, that means it's not forming the suction. And you want to create that suction because that's what allows the period blood to go inside of the cup as opposed to down and around the cup. And like I mentioned, the applicator can help with that part of it. Um, And so that's step one really is like get the suction to be done correctly, and that's how you help mitigate the possibility of leakage. 
Now, in terms of the applicator, and obviously that's our unique piece, like it's not necessarily going to be for everyone. We always say like this is larger than a tampon. Um, in testing, we didn't have any issues with the size for anyone other than the young teen that right. tested it. Um, of course, but that's why we will we will look into coming out with a smaller and even larger size in the future. Um, but we always recommend like water or even water-based lubricant is our friend. So if you do struggle, even with tampon insertion, people use lubricant sometimes. And so that's absolutely a, a helpful aid for this, especially if you're having a lighter flow day. Um, and everything else is very anatomy dependent. So we get questions all the time that are like, I have a tilted uterus or I have XYZ condition or whatever um, and like I mentioned a lot of it is unfortunately just up to preference but we did try to create a design that was fairly universal it's a cup size one so it's kind of just middle of the road you know companies come out with anything from like size zero to size two or what have you and um, we try to kind of create a really good starting point for people with higher cervixes lower cervixes different preferences and anatomies different flows. But yeah, I think we did a decent job. One of the things I also learned um, or have like, I guess, thought about in all these interviews that I've done and the women I've spoken to is we're not taught this is what normal bleeding is within your menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. So we only know our own. And I don't know about you, but I've never sat with girlfriends and discussed how much bleeding I have. And so, you know, a lot of times when you read things, it'll only talk, mostly talk about um, the milliliters of blood that is typical, which I'm like, how does anyone know that? And that's why I love the menstrual cup. But, you know, or they'll talk about how many times you're changing your tampon. Um, I'm so curious about your comments with the heavy bleeders. Um, I guess just generally, because I don't want to sway what you're saying, but also, um, you know, like do they have to change the menstrual cup more often? And then do you provide education to let people know, wow, if it's more than every 12 hours, you should talk to your doctor type of thing. So I'm just curious on that whole realm of, we don't know how much we're supposed to bleed. What if it's leaking and it's inserted right, but we're just bleeding a lot, you know, like that whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. Yeah, using a menstrual cup, is a very good way to become more intimate in your understanding of your period and your flow. Um, ours and a lot of menstrual cups show you how many milliliters you're bleeding, so you're gonna kinda get a feel for that over time. Um, but yes, the average person should be able to wear it for the full 12 hours. Uh, the Sunny Cup holds 25 milliliters of period blood. The average person will bleed 60 milliliters during the entire week oh, of wow. their period. So in theory, so yeah, and, and that's interesting because we get comments all the time that are like, oh, I'm going to fill that thing up in like an hour. And I get it. I'm someone that has had a heavy flow my whole life. I would go through a super plus tampon every 45 minutes Ouch. or so when I was in high school. It was horrible. That was not normal either. Um, and so since switching to a menstrual cup, I can wear it for the full 12 hours. And it's made me realize like I'm not bleeding as much as I think. And there was actually a study that just came out like a month ago for the very first time um, absorbency of disposable period products was tested with actual period blood as opposed to liquids with like a lower viscosity. So they were like thinner and we're finding that disposables don't actually hold as much as they say they do on their boxes. Menstrual cups, because they're not absorbing anything, they're just collecting it. It's collecting quite a bit of blood. You know what I mean? Like you can collect for, for most people, the entirety of the 12 hours that they're bleeding. 
Um, now, like you said, if someone does have an extremely heavy flow or really big blood clots, we usually recommend for your first couple of cycles using a period cup to check it a little bit more often. If you're really worried, check it in two hours. Maybe you'll realize, oh yeah, I've barely even dropped and like dribbled into this thing and like my flow is not as heavy as I thought. Or maybe you'll realize, okay, my flow is really heavy in two hours. I filled this thing up halfway. That's an indicator I should go talk to right. a healthcare professional, go talk to my doctor. And so I feel like it's kind of a win-win because you're, for most people you're learning, my, my flow is not as heavy as I thought. Periods just, or um, tampons and pads just made it look like a bloodbath. <laughs> um, but for other people, they might realize this is actually pretty serious and I'm, I am bleeding and I have data to go talk to a doctor about and maybe I won't be gaslit. Exactly. And you know, it's funny you say this about the data and I'm going to go look for the study because I know that sometimes when I've taken my tampon out there, like my first day when I was, uh, when I did have my period, it was like, I'd have to change it more frequently. Um, not every hour, but definitely a lot. And sometimes I would look at it and I felt like I was leaking and there was really nothing inside the tampon. It was like around it. And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm leaking? Because the tampon doesn't really look like it did anything. In a lot of ways, like tampons and pads can be great for a lot of people, but what are you soaking up? I don't think you can soak up my blood clots, but a menstrual cup can, you know, yep. hold them. So it's all up to preference, but it's definitely been okay. eye-opening. Now, what about like tips? So things like cleaning it in different, like, mm -hmm. is it just you time your life so that you know if you're about to go out, you clean it, and then you're fine and don't have to deal with a public restroom, like, and then, like, how do you know it's clean? How often do you have to clean it? So, like, the whole, like, usage cleaning cycle, like, how would you describe, like, optimal tips around that? Yes, we get so many questions about that. Um, so, I guess I'll start with my experience, and then I obviously want to give the tips, but because you can wear it for up to 12 hours, I put my sunny cup in in the morning even like if it's the first day of my period and I know I'm gonna start soon I'll just put it in to get it ready <laughs> so I'll clean it like the instructions say I'll put it in and then I won't change it for the full 12 hours so if I'm working or going to you know my dance class or running errands or whatever when I was in school going to school I really wouldn't have to worry about it in public and then I'd come home and after the full 12 hours I'd take it out clean it put it back in and wear it overnight and then change it in the 12 hours so um, it was less planning my life around it and more so just like getting into a good cadence that made sense because I was usually home in the morning and at nights anyway. However, I know that is not going to be the reality for a lot of people, um, especially if you do have a heavier flow and you're going to need to change it inevitably in public. Um, I recommend taking either like a clean squirt bottle or like the washable, flushable uh, uh, wipes in your bag um, and cleaning them off just in the stall if you don't have access to a sink to clean it. Um, or even honestly like toilet paper or a clean paper towel, just wiping the blood off and reinserting works as well. Of course, you're gonna wanna go home and clean it properly when you get home and you make sure there's not toilet paper on it or whatever, but it's more manageable okay. than you might think. It's kind of just being prepared, which I think a lot of us on our period people who have periods, we're going to be prepared anyway. What about sex and the menstrual cup? We also get this question all the time. So with a traditional menstrual cup that sits in the vaginal canal, you do need to take it out before like penetrative sex. Anything else going in your vagina is not going to be good if there's already a menstrual cup in there. 
There are some menstrual disc brands that say you can have sex with them in, and that's because it sits higher up right underneath your cervix, so there's still space in your vaginal canal for penetrative sex. Um, so yes, definitely take it out. Another question we get is, no, it is not contraceptive. I think for a lot of us, that's probably obvious, but we have had people insist that if you, <laughs> if you turn the cup around and insert it upside down, that it could be a contraceptive. No, it could not be. Um, no menstrual cup or disc ever claims to be. Um, it does not protect against pregnancy or STIs. And that is that. Toxic shock syndrome. Is that a concern? With any product that you are using in your vagina, whether it be a tampon or something else, toxic shock syndrome is possible. Now, tampons and, and cups don't cause it. It's something that would already be inside of your body, and, and tampons and, and menstrual cups can um, kind of accelerate it in some way or, or be, you know, a cause for concern. But you just really want to make sure that you're using them properly. Same with tampons. So, of course, like, that's one of the scariest concerns for a lot of people. Um, but it really comes down to just following the instructions, cleaning it properly, not wearing it for more than 12 hours, and you should be good. But it is a very serious and scary risk. The other piece is we focus so much on wearing it and putting it in. What about the taking it out part? Like, does it get stuck sometimes? Or is there an art to it? Because now you've got all this blood in it. Because I remember that. Because I did wear a menstrual cup a few um, for a little bit. And I'm like, I, the pulling out part and like, you know, I don't want the blood to spill because I kind of want to be able to watch and see what's in there. So I know if there's clots, so I can explain it to a doctor, all that good mm -hmm. stuff. So what about the taking out part? It's not not an art, we'll say. It definitely takes some practice, but essentially, and for those of you that are watching, I can I can kind of share, but um, you're essentially going to like use the stem as a guide to find the base of the cup. And I usually do it when I'm sitting on the toilet. So it's like if something does spill, it could just spill into directly underneath me. Um, but really, you just want to pinch the base and break that seal or suction that we talked about, pull the cup out, and then you just dump the period blood out. Now, if you're someone like me who wants to take a, a peek, you are, of course, able to do that as well. It, it does sound maybe simpler than it truly is for some people because, like I said, it does take practice. But it's really pinch to release the suction, pull the cup out. Um, and for some people, they've had experience where, like, they have a really high cervix, so the cup will kind of migrate up towards their cervix into their body a little bit higher, and that is what the handy-dandy stem okay. is for. It allows you to kind of find and retrieve the cup. Now, very important and helpful tip for newbies is don't just pull down on the stem. That's a really common misconception. You do want to make sure you're breaking that seal and releasing that suction, so you're not just, like, pulling on your oh, insides. Ouch. You know what I mean? Yeah, so definitely, I'd say probably helpful tip number one right there. Don't just pull on the stem. Pinch to break that seal. If you have a lower cervix, the stem might stick out of the, your vaginal opening, um, which is totally fine. Like, it's this soft, flexible stem here. But if it bugs you, you can actually cut the stem off, which a lot of people don't know either. So it kind of is a DIY moment and kind of getting to know what's right for your body. And I feel like it creates so much body awareness, like so much awareness, right? So I have a question about the smell. You know, I know that, you know, neither one of us is a healthcare provider. So all of this is education purposes. And you even mentioned like when certain things occur, go to your doctor. So I think we all agree. And none of this is, is medical advice. So I'm purely asking from data perspective, because, you know, it's funny, I never even thought about it until just now around 
is there a typical smell? Because when you think about it, all we when we talk about smell, we never talk about the smell of our menstrual blood. We always talk about like, mm-hmm. is it BV or I have a yeast infection or I just smell weird and it's it, or mm-hmm. like I should smell like a flower. Or some, and by the way, everybody, you're not supposed to smell like a flower. So if you're douching, stop it, stop it, nope. stop it now. <laughs> But no, seriously, like, have you seen any studies or like, I'm sure you're talking to some healthcare professionals at least around the smell part. And, you know, is it just everyone has their own? Is there a normal one? Because I don't think I've ever had that discussion with anyone before. I guess that it starts with like, just breaking down the taboos and the stigma because no, you shouldn't smell like a flower. Yes, your period is going to smell like uterine lining (laughs) and blood and tissue and vaginal mucus. Like those, in my opinion, don't have the best smells, but they're normal smells. And it's like, it's your monthly way of expelling that part of your body that you need to. So with a menstrual cup, it doesn't smell any more than a a tampon or pad. In fact, a tampon or pad, it's leaking out of you. It's in your underwear. It's in, you know what I mean? Like it's actually the smell or whatever, the the blood is more accessible to the outside world as opposed to the cup. Like it's, it's trapped inside. So I've actually not experienced any smells specific to a cup, but smells in general, it's like, yeah, that's just how it is. I'm a little sweatier on my period. Like that's just like a totally separate issue. But it's it's normal if it's normal. If it's not okay. normal, go to a doctor. Awesome. Um, now this has been so much fun and so helpful. So I guess um, before we talk about how someone can get the the Sunny product, um, is there anything else that you think is important for us to cover that you want to share just based on your multi-year experience in developing the product and talking so much with your amazing following on social media? Find the product that's right for you. I know it can feel like a pain. We have this added extra step of like trying all these different products. Um, but when you find the right one, I feel like it really is life-changing. I'm not even necessarily saying that the Sunny Cup and Applicator is going to be life-changing for everyone. Of course, I hope it is and think it will be for many. Um, but when you find it, I think I think it's worth it. And it definitely takes getting to know your body. It takes getting comfortable. Something that we're often not taught in public education or even just among our peers and regular society. Um, but the more open we are about having these conversations, which is the point of your podcast, I think we're doing ourselves a favor by being more comfortable trying yeah. new things and finding the things that yeah. are right for us. No, absolutely. So, yeah. I would say just destigmatize, destigmatize the space and period care and women's health care. A lot of people reach out on the podcast to be interviewed to talk about their products, um, a lot of different types of products. And I actually don't do many product-related podcast episodes, and I really save them for the purposes of FemPower Health and, and what my mission is for women, is really finding the things that are completely transforming the way we've had to live. Mm-hmm. And again, when I met you and Cindy, you both have developed such an innovative product that, as you mentioned in the beginning, it's like, duh, why did someone not think? It's like mm-hmm. the most obvious thing. Um, and also just, you know, I, I can tell just getting to know you guys now too, um, or you through, um, Cindy through you as well, is just the teamwork and collaboration. And just such an amazing example for two young women who are just collaborating and working together and making such a difference. And so I just want to commend you. And I'm so glad that we met and got a chance to talk. So tell us how we can find 
the Sunny product. Well, thank you. That means a lot for you to say. Um, and if anyone else is interested, uh, please go to sunnyperiod.com or we're just at sunnyperiod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the things. Um, and we're pretty easy to find, but we produce a lot of educational content. We try not to just focus on the product because we're inherently an educational brand as a lot of female healthcare brands yes. are. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that wraps up another empowering session here at the FemPower Health Podcast. Now, before you dash off, I've got a quick, exciting invitation for you. Please join our vibrant community by subscribing to our weekly newsletter, because it's really your frontline update on groundbreaking women's health research, the latest health-enhancing products, fun quizzes to boost your health IQ, and unique discoveries that you won't want to miss. All of this delivered straight to your inbox, cutting through the noise of social media algorithms. Love today's insights? Show your support by rating and reviewing our podcast. Your feedback is more than just a pat on our backs here at FemPower Health. It lights the way for others seeking guidance and community in their health journey, amplifying the voices that need to be heard. And for a deeper dive into today's topics, check out the show notes and explore our website at fempower-health.com. Our site is a treasure trove of knowledge, neatly categorized by topics of interest and life stages ensuring you find exactly what you need to empower your health journey. And your voice matters to us deeply. Whether you have a question, a story to share, or feedback on our episodes, reach out directly at info at fempower-health.com, drop us a message on social media, or hit reply on any newsletter. Your insights inspire our conversations. And a quick note, the knowledge we share is here to embolden you in discussions with your healthcare provider. It's not medical advice. Always consult with your doctor for health decisions. And remember, the diverse perspectives of our guests reflect their individual journeys, and it's not an endorsement by FemPower Health. Here's to empowering your health journey one episode at a time, and I'll see you on the next FemPower Health podcast episode.